Hello, and welcome to Dig It. I'm Peter Brown, and hosting the show with me today is Chris Day. Hi, Chris. Hi, Peter. The trend for terrarium gardening grows each year, with more people than ever creating miniature greenhouses to enjoy at home. Terrariums are simple to make, easy to care for, and rewarding to have. In this episode of Dig It, we chat to Manos Galanos, who takes us through the history, the practicalities of planting, and the types of plants to grow uh, in our own displays. Um, we're delighted to welcome back to Dig It Manos, uh, our go-to expert, who today is discussing the fascinating world of terrariums. Uh, welcome, Manos. It's great to have you back on the show. Uh, thank you. Uh, good, uh, good to be here and uh, and to talk to you and, and your listeners. Excellent. So, terrariums. Um, I suppose where where do we start? I suppose I suppose the, the usual thing is for a, a, a sort of dictionary definition. What is a terrarium? Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's not it's not as straightforward as 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 you think. Um, I describe terrariums as uh, mini indoor gardens with no drainage. Okay. Uh, and uh, that refers to mini garden, as in it's a collection of plants. You need to have a thing about how to put it together, what plants to put together, etc., etc. And there's no drainage, as in you normally use a container, most likely glass, but it doesn't have to be glass. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if it's, a, for example, an open terrarium, uh, you could have a, a nice large pot with no drainage and you could plant some plants in it. Uh, and that, for all purposes, could be classified as a terrarium. Normally, it's glass containers. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and there's different types. There's closed ones, where normally with a cork lid, that um, uh, they're kind of almost self-sustained systems. There are open ones, uh, uh, again, when they have a very big open area. And you could also argue there are semi-open ones when you have a, a nice container with just a small hole. Um, success with terrariums, uh, in my view, rests on getting three factors right. Getting the combination of container, plant in the container, and location of the, of the, of the container, Right, and if you get this together with uh, uh, appropriate watering, you've done ninety-five percent of the job. Mm-hmm. Okay, stepping back a bit, Manos, do you know when sort of ter- uh, terrarium uh, terrariums were first sort of introduced? Were they terrariums? <laughs> uh, it's not terrariums; it's, ter- it's terrariums. Terrariums. Sorry, my my apologies. Yes, uh, no, that's all right. It's in plural. plural the the, the 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 correct plural is terraria. Uh, ah. Terra is the Latin is the, is the Latin for earth. Um, terrariums is more easy and, and that's what most, most people use. But terraria is, as I, I, I say, more correct. Um, basically, they were invented uh, back in 1829 from um, or, or or rather the the a, the a prototype in a way. The, the, they were invented by uh, Dr. Nath, uh, Nathaniel Bugsaw Ward in 1829, where he accidentally he had some bottles in his, in his garden, and a little fern grew in one of the of the of the containers. And he thought, oh, what, what that would be a good way, perhaps, to transport plants. And that was mm-hmm. the main use initially. Uh, yeah. Would be in cases you wouldn't grow plants in it, but there were large glass containers that were used 
to transport plants from from uh, other countries, and that revolutionized the 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 transport because a lot of transport due to the to the sea air and the, and the, the long travel uh, they would die. But the use of Wardian cases um, uh, improved that that, that uh, survival rate uh, during transport. Ah, so they were sort of more like a protective. They were a yeah. bit like a protective case, and but equally, yeah. Because like there, there's case. a yeah. sort of term that I feel like come across called bottle gardening, which I guess yeah. is even earlier. That's what you're saying. The first ones were yeah. so. That's yeah, cool. I mean, closed terrariums. You could argue bottle gardens are, are closed terrariums. Mm. So that was um, that's another way. If, if it's in the shape of a bottle, but nowadays you have such a wide variety of, of glass. Uh, and yes, they, they were it's fashionable back in in the seventies, and then they have become really fashionable uh, in the last two or three years. Yeah, Manos, I was, was going to say in in, in the nineteen seventies, uh, it was green bottles, but you also got the was it carboys, which were they they used for um, uh, was it was it for for, for wine, for wine making? They, yeah, wine, yeah. But they they were they had such a, a small uh, top or lid. Again, with a bit of clever jiggery pokery, you could get plants into those. And, and grow plants yeah, in they, them as well. They have been, they have been around. Uh, they have been. There's still some nice uh, uh, green bottles around. Mm. From I guess it's probably from the 1970s. Uh, yeah. Today we have such a wide variety of of, of glass, normally clear. Uh, green is, is is good as long as you use plants that you can see via the the via the glass. Mm. But uh, you could use anything. You could use uh, uh, glass containers that you have at home from uh, uh, um, coffee containers or, or any type of glass. Really, mm-hmm. uh, can be used either big or small. There's no there's no limit to to uh, to uh, your imagination is the only limit. As they say, what can you use to make a terrarium? Mm. And you're talking earlier about the three sort of crucial parts to the terrarium, and one being the collection of plants. How how do you go about sort of deciding which plants make a good choice for the terrarium? Ah, the the most fundamental question, I guess, the first question to 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 ask yourself is where I want to place it. Okay. okay. So if you want to, to, to place a terrarium, for example, on a windowsill or somewhere where it gets quite a bit of, of bright sunlight, then you need to take this into account. Uh, closed terrariums, for example, can receive no bright sunlight because uh, uh, the, bright, the, the, the direct sun would make them into an oven and everything would be dead within hours. Mm-hmm. So this is where the, this interaction between location, glass, and and uh, plants comes into into play. If you have a if you're going to have a, co- a completely closed terrarium, you can only use foliage plants, and it can receive no direct sunlight whatsoever. If you have a semi-open, it depends how open it is. You could potentially use cacti, but foliage plants are much less riskier. If you have a completely open terrarium, you could use any plants, cacti or or a foliage plant, and it can take as much sunlight as the plants you're using. So if you're using foliage plants, again, maybe an hour of direct, of direct sunlight, no more than that. If you have cacti, they can receive a few hours of direct sunlight, especially if it is not a, if it's a completely open um, a, a terrarium. 
So if you get this right, so the, the, I guess what I'm trying to say is that your first concern should be the welfare of the plant mm-hmm. rather than what you like. Um, and if you get that right, if, if you were to, to make, I don't know, a closed terrarium with cacti, it's not going to survive for long because they don't like the, the, the high humidity a closed terrarium has. Wow. Yes. But if you like ferns, it's much easier to keep in a, in a closed terrarium than, than anything else. Okay, so it's, think about the position first and then think yeah. sort of what will grow there normally yeah. and yeah. equally what likes it a bit more humid is probably a good yeah. good starting yeah. point, is it? Exactly, exactly what you should be thinking before you buy a plant. Rather than, oh, I like this plant, I'm going to take it and it's going to look nice in, I don't know, in, in my kitchen. You have to you have to think, okay, I like this plant. What what does this plant need? What does this plant like? Uh, and if you get this into account and, and buy the right plant, then success is almost guaranteed. Yeah. That's interesting because I've got a, I've got an open terrarium at home, Manos, and I've got um, a calathea, um, which I really struggle uh, in. I live in a, a Victorian cottage, and light levels are, are quite poor in some of the rooms. However, in the terrarium, it positively thrives. It's quite close to a window, but I think it's because yeah. of the extra humidity within there, yeah. even though it's enclosed. But it's I think it's a, a yeah, just getting the right plants for the right place, really, isn't it? Um, you were mentioning I've about. Um, the, the ingredients to a good terrarium, um, obviously compost and soil, how, how, how crucial are they? Yes, um, although it is possible to, to, to make a terrarium uh, with now, with, without a drainage, uh, drainage layer, the essential bit is to have a, a drainage layer, which is basically half an inch or better, an inch of uh, gravel, grit, clay pebbles are ideal because... Uh, they change color when they're wet. Uh, any large gravel, anything that will not rot in water. And so that will give you a lot of leeway with watering. Right. So you create a, a drainage layer at the bottom of the container, I'll say half an inch, maybe better an, an, an inch. Then you add, you sprinkle some uh, activated carbon which is basically um, worked uh, charcoal, uh, well oxygenated. So it can, and the, the reason for that carbon is to minimize the risk of any odors or, or toxins. Uh, then the, the activated carbon normally sold for terrariums is like medical grade, is the stuff they give to, to people when they get poisoning because uh, they, um, it absorbs toxins. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, it doesn't uh, work with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you could just drink as much as you like, eat a bit of activated carbon, and then there you go. There's all the toxins out of your system. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So um, you, you you put a little bit, like a teaspoonful or two, uh, depending on the size of the container, and then you add the soil. Which uh, um, If you're going to use cacti, you can use cacti soil. If you use foliage plants, you can use a, a specific terrarium uh, mix, or you could use say houseplant focus reporting mix a pit free mixes are fine um, and again you need about an inch of soil if not uh, a little bit more uh, and if you want to, to mix a little bit of charcoal in the compost that's fine it's not necessary but it would be it would be a good thing um, and then you just add the plants 
Uh, and again, it, it, it's good when you talk about plants, a couple of things to say is it's good to use the same groups of plants. So if you want to make a cacti terrarium, use just cacti or maybe some slow-growing succulent as well. Uh, cacti and succulents can work, but succulents grow much faster than cacti. So you need to take this into account. Um, or you just use foliage plants. If you're going to use a closed one, you could use ferns, or you could use phytonias, focala, etc. But the, the bad thing would be to mix cacti with foliage plants, because the foliage plants will grow much faster and will cover over the cacti. And they also need different watering, different conditions. So you, you need to ideally keep uh, uh, to one group of the plants. And how to arrange, you could, uh, it's what you like really, but my advice is to go for the general gardening technique of creating layers for added interest. So you add, depending on how you're going to see the terrarium, you add maybe a plant at the, uh, for height at the bottom and then something in, in, in front of it to, to bulk it up and then some sort of uh, low-growing plants or something for color. It's good to have a theme like to go for green or variegated plants or to go for just color. But this is where people's uh, likes come into play and it's really whatever you, uh, however you like to, to put them together. And just thinking sort of when you're planting up, do you need sort of special tools or, I mean, what, what would you use? if? Because I guess access is going to be a bit harder. Your best tools are your hands. Okay. But if you're going to use foliage plants, I don't think you need anything apart from maybe a, a very big spoon to, to handle the coir and, and the materials, if you, the, 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 the compost and the materials. If you don't want to handle them with your hands, that's, that's fine. Um, special tools come, come into play. play uh, oh, maybe you need some barbecue tongs if you're going to use uh, cacti. But if you... Um, special tools comes if you're going to use one of these old-fashioned big bottles with a very small opening where you need to insert the plant very, very carefully. So it is worth thinking before you buy the container, how are you going to make it? Because some containers I see around sold for terrariums are really, really, really difficult to, to make it in terrariums. They can take you hours and hours. To, because And also you can't use a wide range of plants because of size. Mm. So it's worth thinking about it. most containers I see around. As long as you can put your hand in it, that, that's the best tool uh, uh, you can use. Yes. Okay. Um, on, once you've, you've planted them, uh, Manos, do you water the plants in? What, what would be the process of, of settling those new new plants in their, uh, their new bottle garden or um, terrarium? Once you plant, uh, depending on, on how wet the... the the soil you've used is, it would be good to give a little bit of watering, but not too much. That is the most common thing. People confuse love with watering. Oh, I love my new garden. I'm going to give it a lot of watering. Uh, my advice is to give very little watering very, very slowly. So using a very large spoon to just water around the plants, uh, give them a couple of tablespoons of water and then go up then go the next day see how it has settled maybe give it a little bit more um, rather than watering it with with I don't know a pint of glass 
we would just go straight through. You want the water to dissipate in the compost, and the best way for that is to either use um, a stream, a, a mista with, with, with a stream, or a, a small uh, watering can with, with a, a rose. So it, the, the essential thing is for the water to dissipate uh, into the medium rather than to go straight down. And longer term, they will need less watering than you think. Um, the best way for, uh, uh, for, for watering a terrarium is uh, to use the color of the soil. Dry soil looks much more lighter in color than, say, uh, wet soil. So as long as you water a, a little bit around the plants to start, to start with, and you keep, keep observing the color of the, uh, of the soil and the clay pebbles if you use them at the bottom, then that will be your best guide for, for watering. Closed terrariums, for example, will need very, very little watering because the, wa the water is circulating in, in, in the container. I've got a, 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 um, a closed terrarium. I, it's fine for about three months now. Not a single drop of water. It, it, it doesn't need it. I, I keep checking. I... I, I I check every every other week. I I feel it in my hands whether it's been a bit low or anything. But because, as I said, the water is circulates within, it, it doesn't need any watering. Some cacti terrariums, again, they will need very very little watering, like cacti. Some others, if if it depends where it is, if it receives a little bit of of light and the plants inside are kind of fast growing, then it will need a little bit more watering. But again, every three weeks, four weeks. Uh, 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 as, as a regular interval and, and the equivalent of again depending on the container but the equivalent of a cup of tea of water that kind of quantity at, at the very uh, at the very maximum mm. if and you water a little bit you can always go next day check and give it a little bit more but if you give it a lot there's no way for it to go to, to come out and interesting you know, pointing out obviously that we're not watering quite as often. Are we feeding, if you're only, say, watering the terrarium once a month, would you recommend sort of a little bit of houseplant food once a month um, with that, or would you say even less? Most composts will have a bit of feed in. So you need to look at the, at the packaging, and normally you wouldn't need any, uh, any feeding for the first four to six months, yep. uh, or, or mostly in the winter. Uh, in the summer, it would be good to give it a bit of feed, say, with every other watering, a, a bit of appropriate, um, good quality feed, like you know, houseplant focus or cactus focus, um, because they're not as fast growing. Um, again, not, they, don't, they don't need too much feed, but a little bit of feed with every other watering would, would suffice. Okay, excellent. And, and Manos, you know, um, sometimes in, in uh, terrariums, people like to create a bit of a landscape. You know, they might use sort of props, maybe uh, stones or pieces of slate or or moss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm 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 very very fond of that. It's, it's, it's good to have to have a theme. Uh, um, I I like very much the interplay between stones and and uh, plants. Uh, sometimes I use cork. Um, I, I use vertical stones mostly. I uh, when I go to with my kids in the in the beach, I, I just keep looking around and I find some really nice, interesting stones. 
to use for for when I do workshops to give to people. But then again, I find some really nice stones, and I just don't want to give them away. <laughs> so I create more moterariums so that I can I can use these uh, beautiful stones. It's good to use things that that mean something to you. You know, mm. uh, it could be a little ornament, a little Buddha, or a little bit of a, 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 of, of I don't know, a, a little gnome or, or a little fairy. You could make a nice fairy garden with with sort of a collection of plants all around, and the fairy right in the middle. Uh, you could. The, the, there's so many uh, uh, things you could do with uh, with a terrarium. You could use a technique so that you don't see the soil if you are experienced with um, with uh, with watering. Uh, you could use them colorful substrates. Um, but as I said, you could make your own little world in 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 the in the in, in the terrarium, and that is I think where that the value. Whereas it's just having one or two plants in a pot, that's the one thing, but to create a little bit of a garden, then that is, um, that is a thing much more, uh, much more interesting. And I keep calling it a garden because like a garden, it does need managing. So you need to, to pinch the plants from time to time to make them a little bit more bushier, if, depending on the plant. Uh, when you make it, you try not to make it completely full uh, so it, you could see it growing and then filling all the corners, etc. And like everything in life, a terrarium has got a lifespan. So from foliage plants, you should get a couple of growing seasons, and then the plants have outgrown the container, probably, in which case, not the end of the world, take them out, put them in a, in a, in, in, in a pot, and wash the container, uh, make another terrarium. If it is cacti, they'll keep the same look for, for years. Uh, four, five, six, seven, eight years. I have a terrarium here in front of me with the cacti and succulents, and it looks exactly the same as when I made it back two years ago. Oh, yes. so, uh, um, that's another way to consider. If you want something to last for a, a lot of time, cacti and succulents are better than foliage plants. Mm. I, I did make a mistake a few years ago. I planted up my my open terrarium with some uh, mind your own business plants, helixine, and it was the, it was the, um, the the variegated silver one, which I always thought was unknowingly not as fast growing as the green. Uh, I was very wrong. It, it literally took over the terrarium literally within sort of three months. Completely swamped all the plants, and uh, it looked very spectacular, but no space for anything else. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, you learn from your mistakes. And on that uh, basis, Manus, is there any is is there any plants that, you would definitely is, avoid? Funny, because that's exactly what I like. Uh, I, I saw a terrarium exactly like that. As you say, maybe the other plants had died. I don't know, but some the the, the, the mind your own business had completely taken over and it, and it started growing all the way up the sides of the bottle. And I loved that so much that I made a terrarium. As I'm looking at it right now, which is it's just a nice cylinder bottle. Uh, 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 bottle. Uh, it's not a bottle, just a, a, a nice glass cylinder. And I only put in some mind your own business. And right in the middle, I put a stone, flat stone, and on top of it, a little Buddha. And to me, then I, I wait for this, to, for, the, for this to start growing on the sides of the, of the cylinder, 
and I think that would look uh, spectacular. So it, it, it goes to say what some people find not as good, some other people uh, find uh, exactly what, 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 um, what they want. It, this is where personal preferences come into play and where, where you talk about taste, there's, there's nothing you can, you can argue about, really, it's whatever you like. I think you're so right, though, Manos. My, uh, I saw one recently which I, I thought would appeal to children out there, which was um, a terrarium planted up, uh, like you say, like a little garden, and they'd used Lego people. And <laughs> it was like, <laughs> how cool is that? It's like a little uh, Lego uh, car and chap. It was like brilliant. But, yeah, I, I think that's the joy of creating them isn't it is that if you want to do a sort of deserty type theme you can do a cactus one or a, a, a tropical one then things like the mind your own business and those sorts of plants can really do that it's great Manus, do you have any particular favorite plants i mean you mentioned quite a lot already but do you have any you know your go-to favorite plants which you'd, you'd say uh, you try to include. Uh, I like um, I like phytonias very much uh, because they come in so many different colors and they're so versatile. They could be used in in, uh, in closed terrariums, in in open ones, um, and uh, I said they come in so so many different colors: pink, white, uh, uh, different shades of red. So that's that's my uh, uh, my go-to plant. To I also. Like Having color in the in the in the very terrarium, so that yeah, I would say that this is. I mean, I like all plants, but I, I'd say this is probably my favorite one. For sure, and and flowering plants in terrariums. I mean, I I know uh, many years ago, I think little there used to be little uh, St. Paulias African violets were sold, and we don't see them these days. But they always seem to work very well. Uh, is there any other flowering plants you would you would sort of suggest, or would you would you avoid? Calanchoes uh, are good. Uh, flowering plants will tend to do better in open terrariums. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason being that the high humidity in the in the closed terrarium will create possibly a mold, uh, mold on on the flowers. But uh, for open terrariums, I've seen a lot of uh, calanchoes uh, um, uh, being used. Also, sometimes cacti, because of the higher temperature that they can get into, a, into the glass container, they can also tend, to, uh, they tend to, to flower as well. So, yeah, flowering plants, they could be used, um, uh, not, uh, no, not a problem. There's not as many, there's not as big of a variety. So an alternative to flowering plants to create some more interest is either to use phytonias for color or to use variegated plants like peperomias, begonias, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, watering and getting the right location. When things go wrong in terrariums, what's... What's the usual sort of reasons? Is there is there one or two you can think of which... Uh, the, the, the most common reason is of, uh, that things go wrong is overwatering. It's basically, as I said, people confuse love with, with watering. And, and the, once you, you water it too much, there's, there's just no way to get the water out. Um, pests, they would get possibly in closed terrariums, you wouldn't get any pests. Uh, in fact, sometimes people put in some insects to create added interest. Um, but uh, in all open ones, they can get uh, millibars or, or like normal house plants, but nothing special. The, if the like most house plants, if you 
if you put it, if you put some thought when you're making it, as in what is the what is the and get that that combination of location, plant, and container right, then I say guarantee is success. Success is ninety percent guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Well, one pest which which I'm I thought I'd mention because we we do seem to be getting a lot more cases of it at the garden centre here are uh, uh, fungus gnats, uh, scarred flies. And we think they're coming on because of the fact we're using peat-free compost now. They seem to be living in a lot of the organic material. Now, if you've got a, a, a problem of a uh, scarred fly in your trome, what would be mm-hmm. your, your, your suggestions of, of uh, controlling um, them? You, you are very right. Fungus nuts are much more... Um, use, uh, they're much more common with uh, peat-free... Um, uh, compost mixes, because a lot of the uh, uh, peat-free compost mixes use uh, composted bark, yep. and especially this summer, because being very wet, the flies have laid eggs in it, and then the, the composted bark is used in the repotting mixes, and then when they get quite warm in the in the in the house, they they come out. Um, it's it's a problem we'll probably have to live with in in trying to live in a more environmentally friendly way. Um, most of them, fungus must I nuisance, but they don't harm the plants. And in most cases, they will just fly away. Um, in closed terrariums, if, if you get them, that, then you'd need to open it for them to, to escape. Otherwise, being quite moist, they may lay eggs back into the compost. Um, because in most terrariums, you would use a layer of decorative grit to show off the plants. Then they can't go back and lay eggs, so that would be uh, beneficial. But if you do get them, you could either spray around with SB Invigorator, or if you just uh, you could use a yellow um, yellow uh, uh, sticky props. That would be another way to get rid of them. But they would normally just come out and, and fly away. And with the decorative grief, sometimes they wouldn't even be able to get out of the compost and, and die in there. Yeah, the, the decorative grit certainly does help, and that's one of the, yeah. the suggestions I certainly give to, to customers to, to uh, grit over. And obviously, if people have had their houseplants out during the summer, obviously we're, we're into into the winter now, but to be careful that to give the, the plants a bit of a spray or, or watch out for them in the early weeks of bringing them you know, mm-hmm. back indoors. So, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And- Maros, any good places to look for resources or sort of any good books that you can think of that uh, you'd recommend for people? Uh, garden centres. Garden centres would be the best way, the best place to go for these things. Uh, um, especially plants, because uh, um, you could maybe see, you, sometimes you see plants sold in, in, I don't know, in Tesco or whatever, but these are not good places because they don't keep them very well uh, when when they have them, they're not they're not the place they're not accommodating to to plants. The people who look supposed to look after them don't know how to look after them. So, garden centers are your best your best uh, bet for good quality materials uh, and plants overall. Okay, okay, and um, obviously you you are an orchid expert, Manas. So, would you ever put any 
of of your orchids into one of your um, uh, bottle gardens? Um, the problem is drainage. Mm-hmm. That orchids need very good drainage, but terrariums can't provide it. Okay. There are some of the the only orchid I would use in a, in a terrarium is uh, Lutetia, which is called or otherwise known as the jewel orchid, which is mostly appreciated for its leaves rather than uh, rather than uh, its um, its uh, its flowers, and um, it. Because it's normally grown in soil rather than in park, you could get away with with um, with very careful watering uh, in a very coarse specialist orchid mix. Uh, it it could do well in a terrarium. Any other orchid, I think, would be it's very very tricky because of the um, of the they would appreciate the high humidity, but at the same time, uh, there's no there's no drainage. Okay, that's that's interesting, um, and also, man, obviously, whilst we're chatting to you, we're obviously into the winter period now with our our indoor orchids. Any any sort of a uh, little bit of advice for our uh, digit listeners with what they should be doing at the at the moment? They will appreciate if you if you are growing cymbidiums, you should have brought them out. You should have brought them in uh, two days ago. In this, I live in London, so in this part of the world, we had a very low temperatures a couple of nights ago. Uh, so that will be the, day, the, the, the time to bring them in the house. Um, I have mine in the house. I'm just looking at them now, and they just started flowering. Um, so well, they started flowering outside, but as soon as you bring them in, you see a much speedier, a much speedier, uh, oh, what's well, another flower bud? Oh, five flower buds. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I just noticed a new flower bud on my cymbidium. Excellent. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, it's made my day, really. So, um, if you grow cymbidiums, it's time to bring them in. If you're growing other orchids, you need to start thinking about giving them less water as as as, as the light levels uh, um, uh, drop down. And talking about light, is now the time again to consider are they getting good light where they are? In a month's time or so, you could maybe move them uh, very close to the windowsill or even on the windowsill um, uh, to give them more light going through the winter. So if you, if you grow cymbidiums, bring them in. Other orchids, start lowering the, the amount, uh, start uh, increasing the frequency uh, uh, or, or rather lowering the frequency that you give them water and give, make sure they're receiving adequate light as we go into the dark winter months. Um, and what about feeding? Are we are we going to be le- less likely to give them uh, any you, feed them, my, my advice is, is um, to, to feed them with every other watering. And as you are lowering the, the frequency uh, of watering, then naturally they will receive less um, less uh, feed, which is what they need. They don't they don't need as much feed in the winter as they do in the in the summer. Mm. One of the things we've noticed recently, Manos, is um, the supply chain of orchids seems to have sort of fallen down a little bit. Um, do you know sort of what the reason for this is? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Brexit. <laughs> Simple as that. Uh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, uh, basically, because some of the orchids 
uh, are also pre uh, present in the wild, growers having to import them into, into this country, they have to fill in some paperwork to say that these are not wild orchids because this is to prevent people getting orchids from the wild and selling them on. It's is this a good the Yes, so they need to do, the growers need to do more paperwork to sell them in this country. Right. So they, 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 they don't bother because they can sell them without all this paperwork in, in other countries, in, in the rest of the European Union. Mm. And the other thing that has happened is because of the, so there is also a, a, not as many growers now as there used to be two or three years ago before they were in Ukraine because, because of the increased energy um, costs, they yep. stopped growing they stopped growing or they sold the contract of gas, etc. So there are less growers and when you ask them to do more work to sell the same to sell a product at effectively the same price, then I say they, they go elsewhere. So it's very difficult to get brassias into into uh, in Cambrias into this country. So the most common orchids now are dendrobiums, cymbidiums and phalaenopsis. Mm. And, and even those have been quite difficult yeah. to, to source over the last uh, few months. And it's, it's been certainly noticeable even during the summer when usually there's plenty, there's almost a, a glut of mm. them coming across from uh, from uh, across the water there. But uh, yeah, hopefully it'll, it will improve over time. Matt um, Manus, we, we, um, we introduced a, a, a little uh, part of the, the show um, after when we chatted to you back in, uh, in 2021. Um, and we, we like to ask all our guests that you're, you're shipwrecked on a desert island. Which plant or tool would you wish for so you could enjoy your life on that, that virtual island? Mm, my mobile phone. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one thing. But if, it, if we're talking about the plant, you yeah. see, we're talking about desert island. So I'm somewhere in the tropics, right? Yep. Mm. So I would take a plant, you see, this is where my thinking about what plants need rather than what I like. I would want with me a nice farm. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a Camaidora farm. That would be a, a nice one. Okay, I may have other farms around me, but I know this will do well and will stay with me for years and years. Oh, there is another lovely plant I like. It's called... Um, I don't know if I can remember its Latin name, but it's called um, Elephant's Foot. Okay. That is also a plant that I think would do very well in, uh, in, a, in, in the desert island I have in mind, which is just a very small island with a nice big farm and a few coconut dropping vines hmm. from time to time. So yeah. there you go. Right, Having so a plant that would do well in that, in that environment would, would, um, would make me happy because it's going to last for me for... for many years compared to having I don't know something else that wouldn't easily do as well that's it and it'll give you some nice shade as well so you'll yes. be able to yeah. enjoy your siestas <laughs> in, in the shade and um, Manos you kindly come out and do lots of talks around the country to lots of different garden centers so I'm sure you've met lots of different audiences have you got any funny stories from those events or any tales you'd like to share with us of, uh, which will give us a little laugh? Um, when I was writing my orchid book, uh, I passed the house of, of, uh, of a neighbor. Mm -hmm. And she had a couple of orchids on her south-facing window scene. 
which were really, really bad. They were they had a couple of flowers, really nice, but the plant itself was not in a good state because of the of the direct sunlight damage. And I thought, oh, so good, so good examples of what not to do. Um, so I thought I need to knock on her door and, and ask her to, to borrow them for a photography, to, mm. to take some pictures and then put them in the book. But then I thought, oh, and a sort of middle-aged guy knocking on somebody's door in the, you know, I, I, need, I, need, I need some help here. What to do, what to do? I said, oh, okay. How about using my kids? I do so many stuff for them, you know, wipe the bums and, 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 and pay all this money for the food and whatever. Why can they not be useful to me as well? Nice. So I took my son, which was uh, back then five years old, uh, as, uh, you know, my, my, my charming assistant. So we knocked on that door and, and, and we said to her, basically, hello, you know, my name is Manos, I'm writing an orchid book. This is my son, by the way. Um, your orchids are, are so, um, um, I was about to say bad, but I didn't. I said, so interesting <laughs> that I would really like to put them into, into my orchid book. Can I borrow them, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, she laughed it off. Where I didn't, uh, then we, we got friendly and explained that they were kind of bad and what she was doing wrong, etc. <laughs> but then since then we became friends because it turns out she had a daughter the same age as my son and they go to school now and I said we become friends and, and uh, it's, been, it's been really good. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was uh, Excellent. That's a nice story. That in my mind. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lovely story. And yeah. uh, Did you manage to fix the orchids as she now got them in, <laughs> out of the direct sunlight and in a better well, place? Was beyond repair, but okay. the other one, yeah, it just changed the location, and and suddenly it it was it was a much better, much better. It became much better. Brilliant. That's good to good hear. Um, Manus, we we've already organised for next year, twenty twenty four, an orchid date uh, at the garden centre, um, the twentieth of March, which we're we're really looking forward to. Um, but I believe you've got a, a new new book out, which. Uh, you're more than welcome to, to mention and, and plug on uh, on Digit. Yes, um, I've written a book called uh, Terrariums, a beginner's guide, um, which is um, a, a basically a, a very nice handy guide as to how to make your terrariums with, uh, with you know, what plants to use, how to make it, and, and three or four techniques. And I'm, I'm quite proud of, of these techniques because a couple of them, they may exist, I don't know, but I've thought of them myself. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Is about how to, for example, make it that, making it correctly, but only seeing the soil, not seeing the drainage, or making it completely the other way around. In in you don't, if you're experienced with watering, you don't see any of the soil, mm-hmm. and you can see different patterns of of decorative sand, etc. And um, and how to interplay with with uh, plants and stones, etc. How to make um, terrariums with air plants, with with the carnivorous plants, etc. Et so it's it's quite interesting. Um, uh, it sells well. Uh, it's available from all the good garden centres. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm quite happy with it. That sounds great. Sounds perfect for Christmas. Yeah, I'm I'm busy working on the second edition of the Orchid book. Uh, I have just submitted the final text to, um, to to Hugh Gardens, so hopefully it will be on sale at the Orchid Festival, at the Hugh Gardens Orchid Festival in February. 
Excellent. Oh, you're, you're keeping very busy, Manos, which is so good to hear. That's good. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Manos. That's Thanks, Manos. Um, been really interesting. And uh, I mean, terrariums was a subject that I hadn't really researched much in myself. And it is, it's a fascinating way of gardening, isn't it? It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Go on, make your own. Make, a, make one yourself. I think yeah, I'll do. But I warn you, they, they are addictive. You'll make one or two, and then you say, "No, oh, I want, oh, I want to." Oh, that, what, that's what a lovely, that's lovely stone. I want to use it in. in so uh, uh, I'm going to use it to make terrarium and, and so on. They're, they're quite addictive, but very good fun. Thank, thank you. Yeah, sounds very good. Thank, thanks to thank, thank you, uh, Manas, once again. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you. Today's show was brought to you by Buckingham Garden Centre and Nurseries. The show was hosted by Chris Day and Peter Brown. The show was produced by Peter Brown. And our thanks to Chilton Music Therapy for providing the music. Thanks for listening. At Chilton Music Therapy, we want everyone to know the difference that music can make in their lives. From parents and their premature babies in hospital to grandparents with dementia. We provide music therapy and community music services to people of all ages and needs across England. We work both digitally and in person in people's homes, care homes, schools, hospitals and hospices. Find out more at chilternmusictherapy.co.uk.